0: Thank you for joining us today and welcome to Small Town Big Business Podcast, the podcast about doing big business in small towns. I'm Jennifer Olson and I'm the
1: Director of Business Development for the City of Marion. And I'm Deb Barnett, Executive Director for Southern Illinois Now, which is a 17-county economic development initiative to advance Southern Illinois as a great place to live and to work and to do
2: business. And I'm Russ Williams. I'm director of Ethos. Ethos is a small business incubator, co-working spaces, um, training and development, right here in Southern Illinois and Marion, Illinois. In fact, we have a live audience today in a off location. Yeah. We have the pleasure of being away from Ethos this morning. We're on the fo- in the foundation room on the square next to Granny Puckett's Cupcakes, and we want to thank. Thank the owner of the building, Jeff Mayer, and also the owner of Granny Puckets, Tammy Chandler, for making this possible today. And of course, we wanna thank our sponsors for sponsoring the Small Town Big Business podcast. And that includes Arcadia Wealth Group, Black Diamond Harley-Davidson and RV, Fowler Heating and Cooling, Swinford Media Group, Watermark Auto Group Foundation, and our producer, Union Street Arts.
0: And you can find the Small Town Big Business podcast on your favorite podcast app, whatever it may be, Podbean, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you can find us on Facebook. And if you wanna see what we look like, you can find us on YouTube. But the important part is make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.
1: And if you're new to Small Town Big Business, we interview business owners and founders about how and why they thrive in small towns across Southern Illinois and right here in Marion, Illinois. Uh, But today, we're going to take a little bit of a shift. Um, Our guest today helps businesses thrive and succeed, and we're going to learn a little bit more about you today. So Nick Holdinghausen, welcome.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning, guys.
1: Good morning. So most people know you or recognize you from your role at WSIL, TV personality, and we're going to dive into that here in just a minute and kind of that transition to your new role. But before we do that, I want to peel back the layers a little bit and just get to know Nick. So tell us a little bit about you growing up, where you're from, your family.
3: Yeah, so um, I actually am not from Southern Illinois. I uh, grew up in a small town, and I say small town, it's about the size of Marion. But uh, when you grew up in a St. Louis area, you grew up in a larger metropolitan area, it was considered to kind of be a smaller town. Um, grew up in a, a smaller town called Festus, Missouri. Um, it's about a half an hour south of St. Louis, so about two hours to home from here. and. Um, My passion as a kid was always to be a broadcast meteorologist. Uh, My parents have videos of me when I was a kid standing in front of the television, you know, doing the weather. So that was kind of always my passion at the time. Um, And it really started from when I was in kindergarten, I had a small tornado actually hit um, my hometown. And it wasn't like a big tornado, not even a big thing, but I can remember getting ready to get on the bus and my mom grabbed me off the bus and we went in the basement and kind of watching, you know, um, a trampoline going flying behind the yard. you then um i was probably five or six wow. so it kind of piqued my interest in weather um, and then as i went throughout school um, you know kind of realizing that hey there's maybe an actually a career opportunity here so um, when i got to high school i was kind of looking okay i can either go into business um, my parents owned a small business and um, i could either kind of go that route and try to work with their small business or i can try to do uh, meteorology and i kind of had an interest in both at the time but uh, I decided to go and do the meteorology route, and uh, so I went to the University of Missouri, um, go Tigers, M-I-Z, and then um, graduated with a, a degree in soil, environmental, and atmospheric science, what my actual degree was in, uh, with an, atmos- uh, an emphasis in atmospheric science. Um, then I, got, I graduated from zoo and my dad actually at the time was trying to uh, encourage me to stay in school for another year or so. Hey, mm-hmm. like, I don't think you're going to have an opportunity to find a job in, in meteorology, so hey, why don't we stay in school? You can either go be an environmental engineer or um, do something else. Well, um, I kind of called him one day and I said, hey, I actually have a job offer. Mm-hmm. So, um, And I had a job offer from WSIL to come down here, And I kind of jumped at it, Uh, took about two weeks off, moved down to um, Southern Illinois. I lived actually in Craneville for about a year or so when I moved um, first down here. And then, um, you know, if you remember, if you ever watched me when I was first on television, I was not good. (laughs) Uh, I was not good. So it took me, um, I had some great mentors at the time that kind of helped me get my feet wet and growing into that and um, really fell in love with the area. Mm. Uh, you know, I've actually I had interviewed a couple different times throughout my career to move to larger cities, and it was just never the right fit. Um, always felt that this was kind of home. Always wanted to stay here. Yeah.
2: Did you have meteorologists that you followed when you were a kid and maybe as you got into the field?
3: Yeah, oh, for sure. And, you know, I still do. I mean, like even to this day, I mean, you always have those folks that are kind of not only your mentors, but just watching what they do throughout yeah. the country.
2: You can drop names.
3: So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to name even name, yeah. uh, names. But uh, yeah, you know, I had a guy um, when I interned at Fox 2 in St. Louis. I did have a, um, a fellow named Chris Higgins, and, and he's still like, a great, great friend of mine um, and a fantastic mentor. But I mean, I still watch him sometimes, okay, what does he did, you know, what did he do, what did he, how did he do this, how did he explain this a certain way?
0: Well, I'm going to put in a plug for Jim Cantori because he was here (laughs) for the last Eclipse and hopefully he comes back in April of 24 to see us again and inspire uh, great careers from his vantage point.
3: Yeah, I think he's like the only, that's probably the only time you actually want to see him in your area because otherwise it means bad (laughs) weather, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) He was was not blowing in a raincoat, so it was good. So at some point, did you move uh, from Craneville to the suburb of
3: Marion? Yeah, so um, my wife and I, she's actually a former television reporter um, at WSIL as well, so that's kind of where we met. Um, And then actually when we first kind of um, decided to move in with one another, we actually lived in Macanda for a little while. Um, And then we lived in Carterville again, and then we actually moved to Marion. So we kind of have lived in different spots across Southern Illinois, but it's funny now because we love marion so there's never even uh, we would just never leave i don't know we have everything we need so it's home
1: i want to go back to your what you mentioned about being in high school and pursuing meteorology mm-hmm. I think about high school students today and their pursuit of what they want to be when they grow up sort of thing. So did you have a support system, a large high school, or people at your high school to help you, or your family, or did you just figure that out?
3: Yeah, you know, um, it was something I wanted to do. My parents kind of encouraged me, hey, do something you love to do. So um, again, my parents owned a small business, and, and you know, major kudos to them. They didn't push me and say, hey, I need you to take over this business when we're done. Um, They said, hey, we want you to do what you want to do, and if that's not what you want to do, then go do something else. Um, So, you know, it was something I really loved at the time. It was something I, you know, weather is just my passion. So, yeah, I mean, even through grade school, people would ask me, what do you want to do when you get older? And I was, I want to be a meteorologist. And it was like that through high school as well, and then, of course, into college.
1: So that's a perfect lead-in to the next question, which is sort of that burning question that everyone had when you accepted um, the role at SI Now for regional development and marketing. Is here was this lifelong dream of yours uh, as a meteorologist, you were chief meteorologist at, at our local station. So why the why the change? What led to that?
3: Yeah, you know, um, a lot of thought went into it. Um, and to, to say it was an easy decision would be a lie, because it was not. Um, but I had been kind of looking a little bit of around just for a change. You know, you get through, you go through, and I was at WSIL for more than 12 years, and you kind of go through and you kind of get into a routine. Um, In addition to that, I I had been promoted to to be the the chief meteorologist there at the time, so then it was kind of like, okay, that was my dream. I wanted to be the chief, now what? Okay, so kind of looking for some of the change, and then in addition to that, We have two young children. We have a a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. And in addition to looking for a change, it was, okay. what can I do in a career that also makes a difference in my community? And trying to be a little bit more involved in the community. um, And that kind of is what led to it. So when I saw the job posting, actually, uh, it was just something that seemed like a perfect fit. In what way? Yeah, so um, a lot of what I did is, is you think as a meteorologist, and you think of um, my career at WSIL was kind of focused on weather, but even kind of going back to when I first started, a lot of what I did was actually reporting. So I would work weather for two days, and then the other three days of the week at work, I would be doing reporting. And a lot of that was getting out and about, um, meeting some really cool people, getting to see some really cool things in Southern Illinois, getting to travel down all kinds of different roads and routes, Um, but a lot of what I focused on was not hard news, it was a lot of what we call kind of soft news or um, fluff type news and news that was a lot of times more geared towards tourism and just trying to promote the area. Um, so, I, I saw this kind of as an opportunity to do that. Um, in addition to that, I think we have a, a chance right now with what's going on across the area. And even just in my week and a half now full-time with SI Now, it's been really eye-opening to see some of the momentum. We see it kind of on the, the broad scale, but to see some of the momentum this area has um, going on to uh, be a part of that, it really seemed like a great op- opportunity. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Tell us
2: more about the role, what you know about your responsibilities, and what strengths that you bring.
3: Yeah, so, um, again, kind of going back, I, I think I, it, right now so far, a lot of it is uh, trying to promote our region in a positive light. You know, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we face as a region, and especially in rural America, is when we grow up in an area that um, we, even like my hometown, I mean, I still have a negative perception on my hometown, but they're doing some great things there, so then when you come to an area and you're kind of an outsider, or you kind of have an outside perspective. I think you can provide a different perspective um, and maybe see some of the assets that maybe people take for granted as well. So, um, you know, we have some amazing, obviously nature and things like that going on around here. But in addition to that, um, we've got some great people. You know, one of the things that uh, I've mentioned to to Deb a couple of times is just, you know, it kind of goes back to that whole idea that this whole area was built around coal mining. Well, that perception hasn't really changed. In fact, it kind of carries on. So you have this blue collar kind of work mentality. And I think that's a real asset to you know, companies looking to expand or businesses looking to expand as well.
0: So Deb and I talk about this. Um, it does feel like for the first time in a number of decades, a lot of people are pulling the wagon the same direction. Um, so how do you see yourself plugging in or what strengths do you bring to the table to help move the region forward?
3: Yeah, you know, I think one of the benefits of working um, in television for 12 years is again, it's kind of traveling all over the region and traveling all over Southern Illinois. Um, <laughs> there's very few communities I haven't been in in Southern Illinois. There's a couple of real tiny ones that I haven't been in, but you know, there's, I know somebody in every single one of our counties or 17 counties. So, um, and some of those are in economic development. So I think I can kind of, um, you know, I know those folks, they trust me. I can. I trust them. I know what their, their roles are in those communities. So I think um, having that connection and being able to make those connections um, really can, um, is kind of a benefit.
0: Oh, it's 100% a benefit because um, so much of the economic activity happens along the 13 corridor in mm-hmm. 57, but we need to be inclusive of all counties. And so I think you're, you're right on with your
2: answer.
3: Yeah, I think that's kind of a challenge, too, because you're you're exactly right. We see all the great things that are going on in in Carbondale and to Murfreesboro and Marion and Mount Vernon. But I I think one of our biggest challenges is going to be expanding that, um, especially in some of the more rural counties. When you're talking about Hardin and Pope and Gallatin counties or even Johnson and Pulaski and Alexander, I think that's going to be a big challenge because I think sometimes those those folks kind of feel left out or Mm -hmm. forgotten about. um, So we need to see what we can do to kind of help and lift them up as well.
1: And I'll go back to, for those who don't know or aren't familiar with it, I mentioned a little bit in the opening, but Southern Illinois now, it is a regional initiative, 17 counties, so it's a big footprint to cover. And one of the things that you and I have talked about is, is you really do know this region like the back of your hand. You know the assets, you know the people, as you mentioned. Um, so what a great fit, and we appreciate you taking that leap a little bit into this uh, this new journey and new adventure. So I want to transition that a little bit then to um, speak a little bit to what that journey or that leap felt like. So for people who maybe even are starting a business or taking another career change leap, talk a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, so for those that know me, um, and if you are spent a lot of time, I'm very conservative in the way I think a lot of times. Um, so it was a huge leap, um, a little bit of a scary jump, because again, you know, to have a, a Stable career in a field that you've had a lot of success in, to now all of a sudden I'm transitioning to a field where I'm going to have to learn. I mean, but I think that's kind of also the thrill of it and it it provides a little bit of adrenaline is to constantly be willing to learn and change and adapt. Um, And I think that, uh, you know, I think that especially if we can continue to do that throughout life, um, you can really make yourself kind of a a more marketable person, more uh, and just kind of benefit yourself to continue to learn. Was it scary? Yeah still scary <laughs> well,
1: I'll take people behind the scenes a little bit because uh, when you interviewed and we got to the point where we were making you the offer there were more than one time when I came in and said okay we're sure but are you sure yeah. Like, have, this is a big jump <laughs> and every time you'd say don 't worry i 'm sure,
3: yeah, you I'm know, sure. and I have to like I, mean, I have to thank my wife to be honest, um she's been full on support throughout the entire thing as well, um, and yeah, no it's, it's still it's still a scary thing, but uh, yeah, it just felt like it was the time to do it and, and the right move to make,
2: yeah, but you bring wonderful strengths and connections to this role. How do you see that what what tools do you think you'll be using
3: yeah, you know, um, I think again, just kind of knowing um, folks in those counties and I'm not scared to call people. That's the thing, you know, I know everybody wants to email and text and this and that, but if you don't, I'm kind of, I can be a little persistent sometimes. If you don't respond to my email in like a day, usually I'm like calling you like, why haven't you responded? Um, So uh, I think that kind of is um, something I I excel at. And uh, to be honest, I think that uh, it's, it's a good thing as far as just being able to, especially when you're talking in some, again, going back to some of those rural, more rural counties, it's, you have to talk with people. It's not just emailing. It's not just even making a phone call. You actually have to go there and you have to talk and, and, and kind of hear their concerns and hear their needs and kind of uh, go throughout the entire process of you know seeing um, how they feel and trying to connect with them as well.
0: So SI now has a lofty goal of you know, preaching the gospel outside of our area in the hopes that we can recruit residents, students for SIU, businesses to come here. But we also are working to overcome um, our internal issues and really get people to have pride of place and love this area. We think they do, it just doesn't always come out across the lips. So. Do you have any favorite places or places that you like to take your family um, that really stand out that if you're, you know, have that minute on the airplane or in the elevator, you want to tell them, come to Southern Illinois and see?
3: Well, I was just telling Russ before we we went on, you know, um, my wife and I are are going, I'm not going to name the exact area, but uh, we're going to a a spot over Labor Day weekend that also has some wineries and we're going to go stay there. Um, And it's outside of Southern Illinois. But when I'm looking at it and we're looking for things to do outside of going to wineries and going to restaurants, which we like to do, there's not as much to offer as what there is here. So I think that's really something we have here. Um, and it's, it's a tourism thing, but we have, okay, great, we have wineries and we have restaurants and that's fantastic. We have so much to offer here besides that you know, I think about the the Shawnee Bluffs Canopy Trail, you think about kayaking on the um, the Cache River, or you think about visiting Bald Knob Cross of Peace, or you think about um, Garden of the Gods and all of that kind of stuff. Um, We just have, to me, so many different options in addition to, you know, just some of the same things that other places have to offer.
0: And I understand what you're saying about the tourism piece, but there is kind of a fine line because All the things that you mentioned, all the places you mentioned specifically are quality of life too. And it doesn't do us any good to recruit jobs and companies if no one wants to live here. We certainly have the reasons for people to want to live here. We just have to tell them about it.
3: Yeah, you know, and that's been the one thing we're kind of working to to update the SI now website and going by a county by county basis and kind of looking through the area of some of the assets from that perspective as far as a tourism perspective, but also look at it from a business perspective. And it was even eye opening to me to see just some of the you know Deb says it all the time the the rivers, the rails, um, runways and roads and roads <laughs> yes the, the R4 R4 advantage, advantage. <laughs> yes so um, it was kind of eye opening to me to see you know some of the things that pretty much each county, county in our area has to offer. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're know, you talking about class one railroads going through and putting that in, okay, if your county doesn't offer a class one railroad almost going directly through it, then you have access to the Ohio River or you have access to a major interstate. In fact, I, going through the entire list, each one of our counties had at least one of those. So to me, I don't know that there's that many areas from a, from a business a logistics standpoint um, that offer all of that. Um, In addition to yeah, I mean you're talking quality of life. We have a fantastic life um, living here in Marion, of course, but even just going outside of that, you know, hey, if we want to go on a hike, we can go on a hike. You know, uh, shoot, you can go right down to the Rocky Bluff Trail here in Crab Orchard National Wildlife Refuge and see a 30-foot-tall waterfall, and you're only five miles off the the main highway. So um, I don't think there's that too too many spots that can offer that as well, especially not in the Midwest.
2: I think we take a lot of that for granted. I know that you and Hillary like to travel, and I think it takes some getting out of town and traveling and going to places. In fact, we recently bumped into you guys on the Chicago River, you know, on the, on the same weekend. So to get out and see um, other communities and maybe, um, you know, put that that spectator vision, those goggles on, as our Mayor Absher talks about, and come back and and, and view your city or view your community in a different way.
3: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you can go to Chicago and we, I've told you, we love Chicago, love going down there, but you can even see some of the things that they're doing. Okay, how can we do that in a smaller scale Mm -hmm. here in our community or or take some of the ideas, you know, and and you're seeing some of it. I mean, even right here where we're we're sitting here on the the Marion Square, you're seeing some of those ideas that are coming from bigger cities and just seeing some of the revitalization of the square.
1: So, we've talked about you, you understand the region. Also, um, you're bringing that outside perspective in many ways. But I know we've also talked about a little bit about your why and, and your family and kind of seeing this region and its growth potential and opportunities from your vantage point as a 30 something, you know, a young family here. Talk a little bit about that and, and maybe what other families, um, either looking to move here, Um, or already here what what they might find.
3: Yeah, you know, I think uh, one of the things you hear and you see on social media all the time, and I have friends that have told me this all the time, is, you know, hey, I have a a kid that's going through high school here in Southern Illinois, and um, for such and such to succeed, they have to leave. But why? I mean, realistically, we have opportunities here. Um, you know we we really do I mean talk about some of the again going through the growth and we've got you know um, a new plant going in in Mount Vernon we just discussed and we've talked about the uh, you know General Cable or um, Prismian kind of expanding into coin there are opportunities here Um, and
1: all of the amazing expansion happening here and growth happening in Marion yeah
3: you know and I mean then you talk about um, going to and some of these do take we have also a great university here to help but you know I mean we were um, at our uh, conference and our event a few weeks ago for SI Now, we had two different engineering firms come up and they're begging for engineers here in Southern Illinois. Um, we have a lot to offer, we have a low cost of living, things like that. To me, if, if you're really looking for a place to, um, to make it, to have a family, to feel safe, to again, at low cost of living, to have an opportunity, you can make a, a good living here. There's a lot of opportunity for that as well. Um, there's really not a better spot.
0: So I like that you mentioned Persimian and Manor Polymer that are coming because they may not be household names like Pepsi Mid-America or Compaq or some of the names that we know. And I think that that is incumbent upon all of us and definitely our business owners to figure out how to plug into the education system earlier. So whether that is taking opportunities to speak um, at Uh, our area schools or having an intern from one of our fabulous, fabulous junior colleges or SIU Carbondale. You know, we all have to play a role in letting the next generation know what opportunities are here. Are there any other opportunities that you have run across since you have gotten your feet wet in 17 counties that you um, were surprised is here or?
3: You know, uh, I'm still kind of learning, but, you know, just to kind of see some of the growth. uh, One thing I would tell the people of Southern Illinois is that they are in good hands. You know, to be, um, you, you see it just being a resident and working at a television station, I always felt like I was a little bit more in of kind of what was going on in the area, but to now actually be involved in it um, and to see the people that are working behind the scenes to build up this area, um, the area is in good hands, that's for sure.
1: And I'll just follow that and it kind of goes back to my previous question, how important is it for you to be involved in that and to help pave the way, especially as a father, as a husband, as, you know, for, for your own family.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's what drives me every single day, right? I mean, that's kind of what makes you get up in the morning and get going is is making sure that you can make a difference in your community, have an opportunity for your kids to grow up here. And whether they decide to grow up here or not, you still want them to have the opportunity to do so. So that's kind of what gets you um, going every day.
2: Mm-hmm. And how does SI Now, uh, how do they relate maybe with a smaller business person or even the entrepreneur who wants to start a business?
3: Yeah, you know, I think that um, it, it's been, here's been another thing that's been eye-opening to last week and a half. When I think of economic development and I think of these, I, I think of a huge factory coming in, all right? I think of, okay, well, this is gonna be a factory that comes in with 1,000, 2,000 jobs and they're gonna build on 150, 300 acres, whatever it is. Um, but I think one of the things that I've already learned is that our sweet spot here in this region is not necessarily to bring, it's, it's very difficult to get those. And there's, those are kind of small sample size type events. So if we can um, really try to bring in some of the small to medium sized companies, and then we kind of lift them up, build them, let them expand, I think think that's really where Southern Illinois can excel going forward. You know, I'll go back to uh, Manor Palmer. You know, that's a a 50 something million dollar investment. And you're talking about, you know, less than 100 jobs. But okay, over time, is that going to end up being something that expands into 200, 300, 500 jobs down the road? So I think that uh, really that's where Our sweet spot is here in our area trying to bring business to the area. But then look around, I mean, we do have, we've got a tourism industry that has really taken off since COVID hit, right? I mean, and there's a lot of small businesses that I've seen at least here in the area starting up as a result of that. Um, So I think there's a lot of opportunity for that. Uh, you're talking about, you know, the Contour flights now from Chicago here mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, you're talking, I think we were in a meeting the other day and they're estimating some some very large numbers coming from Chicago here. So that provides a lot more opportunity as well for businesses to kind of capitalize on that. I, I really do think there's a, um, a lot of opportunity right now for small business um, small business in Southern Illinois, but especially if it's geared towards trying to, kind of that service industry and yeah. trying to, yeah.
2: So and is SI now looking at, at, at partnering with like agencies and organizations that support small business development
3: like Ethos? Yeah, of course. And you guys provide a, a, an awesome opportunity in my opinion for younger people to kind of learn how to take on some of those leadership roles um, and to really kind of take that jump. Cause it is a scary jump when you're talking about starting up a small business or making a career change.
0: So I think COVID really did two things. One. Uh, It inspired a lot of entrepreneurial behavior because people wanted to protect themselves from the shocks of regular employment. And also, I think communities saw that you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and really having a number of small businesses in your community is diversification and therefore mitigates your risk of one big company going out. So we appreciate the uh, accolades to Ethos, but what are we missing? How can we better serve our small businesses so we have that diversification and have those opportunities for those who are recently inspired?
3: Yeah, you know, I think that um, I think Marion's got it going on, um, to be honest. I mean, Marion's kind of figured it out. Right. And that's but we have to be able to kind of spread that wealth and i say wealth we have to be able to spread that wealth of knowledge and we have to be able to spread some of that growth elsewhere as well so how can we take some of the what you know what has made success in marion and how can we take that to other communities Um, you know as far as trying to partner there's a lot of unknown out there, I think. (laughs) So um, it's definitely gonna be a challenge going forward, but again, I think that also trying to plug into some of these smaller communities to, okay, how can you also take advantage of flights coming into Marion? How can you, you know, and I think of communities, uh, again, Marion's got a lot of economic development folks that are kind of working in Marion, whether it's working for the city or working behind the scenes. Um, But a lot of the other communities don't have that and don't have that support system for some of their small businesses. So I think that's kind of where we could play a role as kind of helping some of those smaller communities that may may not have the funding or may not have the resources to help some of those. Um, I think that's where we can kind of play a role.
1: And helping connect some of those entrepreneurs or small businesses to the resources, because as you mentioned, we have ethos, we have the small business development centers. There's just a wealth of knowledge and information and resources um, that we have available, but so many people either aren't aware of them or just don't know many times that they're free at no cost, mm-hmm. uh, those types of things. So I think that's, that's also where we can, we can help fill that gap um, because there are resources out there and we don't wanna duplicate those efforts, right? Um, I I was also thinking about, you know, you mentioned the bringing in and attracting new business, but we've seen the success here in Marion and other places as far as our existing businesses helping to sort of prop them up and encourage them to expand, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's Route 51 brewery, you know, whatever that might be. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what do you see as far as really nurturing our existing businesses here in Southern Illinois and helping them to really grow and expand?
3: Yeah, you know, I think it kind of goes back, at least in my role, I think it goes back to that whole idea. You've got to talk to them. What are their needs? You know, what are are some of the things? We had a great conversation in a meeting, you know, last week where it was a community in Southern Illinois and literally coming up with ideas. Okay, what is this city doing to hold back businesses? What can we do, and what can we How can we bring statistics um, to their city council, to their mayor, whatever it is, to show that hey, this is what's holding back business? So, like, if you eliminate some of these things, maybe what you are know, some
1: of the barriers yeah, that exactly. they might be able to address?
3: Exactly. So, so um, you know, I think that that's uh, definitely a key role as well shall
2: we open to some yes. studio audience? As we said earlier we have a live studio audience they're very quiet and kind this morning <laughs> <laughs> they've been they've been excellent but you may have a question and we if it's okay with nick mm-hmm. we'll answer some questions from our live audience does anybody have a question for nick be nice this morning Nick, we do a lot of podcasting with people that have never been an interview podcast. I don't think we've been with anybody who's been on TV every single day, so that's a little intimidating. But.
3: <laughs> it's actually intimidating for me, because when you're on television, all I see is the cameras. You don't think about the audience ah, that's behind yeah, you. So, there you go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Any questions?
3: Yeah. Bill.
2: Bill Swinford from what? Swinford Publications.
3: Yes, our favorite question here they come. Uh, the deal with the last name. Uh, <laughs> how was how did you know, how did you know, has that caused you... So, no, it's actually, it's funny you ask. So, uh, yeah, my last name, uh, yeah, so most people do know me as Nick Housen, and then, you know, my last name now transitioning to Holdinghausen. Uh, Holdinghausen's a legal na- name, but uh, when I first started, actually, at Channel 3 back in the day, the CG machine at the bottom actually wouldn't put Nick <laughs> Holdinghausen, could not fit all the way across there. <laughs> so um, my middle name is Gregory. So they actually had looked at changing it to Nick Gregory, but there, but there was already a meteorologist somewhere else in the country named Nick Gregory. Okay. So they were like, well, why don't you just chop your last name in half? There you um, go. It's kind of honestly been a blessing it's been okay, um, especially f- from a social media type thing and this and that. Um, and I've kind of embraced it. I don't know if I offended any of my, my family, but uh, I've kind of embraced it. And uh, it'll be kind of interesting kind of going back and transitioning back towards holding housing. But. That's
2: interesting. So it's like the football jersey that does, <laughs> yeah. can't hold it. Oh, you should that. have seen
3: my jerseys as a kid. It was always like my name was always. <laughs> 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 That's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Other
2: questions for Nick? Come on, you guys have juicy questions. I want to hear some things. Or for anybody. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I've got a question. Nick, how do you how do you see transitioning from typically talking to a screen to going to face-to-face interactions on a daily basis? And do you see any hurdle in your path with that concern? Yeah, you know, um, it's definitely a little bit more intimidating. I mean, when you have eyeballs on you, it's a little bit more intimidating than just looking at a camera and not even thinking about an audience behind you. Um, I do have some experience in public speaking outside of television. Um, I, I, again, going back to even when I was a meteorologist reporter, it's talking with folks. I did a lot of school visits. Um, I've also talked with a lot of chamber of commerces and rotaries and things like that. Back then, I was talking about weather, um, so it's going to be a little bit of a different topic. Uh, one thing that I've kind of always prided myself on is I'm a lot more confident if I get into a room of folks that I'm talking to that I feel that I know more about it than they do. (laughs) So I think that's, I know that kind of seems weird, but if I think I can, you know, learn um, and be able to present, you know, certain facts and different things like that, um, I'll be all right.
2: Any other questions? As Jennifer said, for anybody. Now, Hillary's being really restrained back over there. This is your chance, Hillary, you can ask. What excites you the most about
0: having Nick
2: on board?
1: What excites me the most about having Nick on board is, and I've said it many times, well, lots of things, but the the first thing that came to mind is he is this trusted voice, right? And that's so important for SI now. It's so important for our region to have someone that people trust and that's going to sort of help carry This work forward he brings so many uh, great assets great talents and skills and even um, last Friday so we've already talked about at the time of this recording you're about a week and a half in so last Friday Uh, we were actually leaving a meeting here in Marion and I said you know it doesn't feel like it's only been five days I feel like we've worked together forever it's just been easy Um, he's a get it done kind of guy and again we can trust him to be out anywhere in the region and really be able to relate to the people but also be able to relate to those that uh, companies or executives or anyone else that we're bringing in so that to me was you know you can't you can't teach that so that's
2: important. Good question. Any other questions? No. Nick, was there anything else that
3: you no, wanted to cover? I, again, just kind of going back to that idea of, uh, you know, I, I think that we always have. If we live in a place long enough, you or you grow up in an area, you have this negative perception of it. Um, but we really do have a lot going on right now. There's a lot of momentum being built in this region there's a lot of momentum ongoing right now in this area Um, and again just you don't see the people that are behind the scenes constantly working um, but there's an army of them and uh, really working to move this area forward and uh, it's in good hands. Excellent.
1: And even beyond you know negative perception but just taking for granted right all the wonderful things that we have and so one of the things that we've talked about is all the time we want people to be saying I had no idea, right? right, and in a very positive way. Like, I had no idea that this company was right in our backyard and shipping things all over the world. I had no idea that, you know, you fill in the blank.
3: And you never know who you're going to run into. I mean, right. you don't know. I mean, even in this area, you know, so um, trying to always have that, that same positive message going forward and, and really talking with folks about it, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a key for us.
2: Excellent. Well, Nick Holdenhausen, Southern Illinois now, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks we for really having me. We really appreciate it. You've been a great guest for us. And so we want to thank everybody who supports Small Town Big Business and those that might be listening to this recording later, but especially our live audience who's here today. Let's hear from a live audience. I want to thank everyone who's joined us today and uh, especially want to thank our hosts. And so uh, Jeff Mayer, um, who did sensational work on this building, the Goodall building in downtown, uh, part of the revitalization of Tower Square Plaza here in Marion. You could, there's a lot of sweat, blood, and tears in this building. Um, we're in the foundation room on the square next door to Granny Puckett's. And we also want to thank the owner, Tammy Chandler, for having us here today. And so thanks again to our sponsors for Small Town Big Business, uh, Arcadia Wealth Group, and Black Diamond Harley-Davidson and RV. Fowler Heating & Cooling, the Swinford Media Group, Watermark Auto Group Foundation, and of course our producer, Union Street Arts, and thank you to Luke O'Neill for making us look and sound so good on every podcast. Uh, If you want to know more about our businesses, Ethos in particular, a small town, uh, small business incubator here in downtown Marion, we offer co-working spaces, training and development. You can t- contact me. I'm Russell Williams. You can contact me at Russell at watermarkethos.org or on Facebook, we're at Ethos at the Citadel on Tower Square Plaza.
1: Yep. And for Southern Illinois Now, you can find us online at southernillinoisnow.org, uh where you'll find contact information for me, for Nick, uh, see all of our board, um, but also our social media channels uh, that we're on as well. And if you
0: want to know specifically about City of Marion, you can find our website. or on all of the uh, social media platforms. Please do go out and follow us. And speaking of following us, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you are new to listening to podcasts or specifically to Small Town Big Business, please go back and listen. Um, There's some really great content, two years worth of it, and I know we talk about it all the time that a lot of times we're interviewing somebody that we think we know, and almost every time we get some new nuggets of information or we learn something. So go back, start from the beginning, uh, and give it a listen. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube.
2: Again, I'm Russell Williams.
0: And I'm Deb Barnett. Jennifer Olson.
3: Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.